Hi, I'm Nicole Breeden. And I'm Kira Brekurek. And you're listening to ProPrac, a podcast where we explore the professional practice of artists and hear their stories. Today, via telephone, we have artist Karina Keys. Karina Keys graduated in 2005 with a Bachelor of Visual Arts with honours from the Painting Workshop at ANU School of Art and in 2012 graduated from Sydney College of the Arts with a Masters of Fine Art. Karina's art practice sits within the expanded field of painting. She uses materials to explore emotional and physical tensions through sculpture, installation, drawing and animation and has exhibited in Melbourne, Sydney, Canberra, Launceston, London and Eindhoven. While maintaining her arts practice, Karina has worked in a variety of roles within the art sector, including visual arts educator and public programs officer at Kasula Powerhouse Art Centre. From 2017 to 2019, she was the gallery manager at Anchor Incorporated in Canberra, where she initiated the Art Bus Project, an outreach exhibition space. In April, Karina began working as a visual arts program manager at Tuggeranong Art Centre in Canberra. Thanks so much for joining us via phone, Karina. Thanks for inviting me. It's great. So happy to have you on the show. So do you mind starting off by telling us the story of how you became an artist? Sure. I grew up in Canberra and the youngest of seven. Um, mm, big which, fam. Big family. Um, we grew up in a small little three-bedroom house, a public public housing house. Um, so at one stage there were four boys in one room in two bunk beds and three girls in the other. Um, so it was a very full house. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my parents, um, they did the bare minimum school in like school terms, but my dad did a lot of self-education and was very interested in, in art, mm-hmm. in a kind of classical sense of what art is, mm-hmm. so paintings that look like real-life things. Yeah. Um, and he really enjoyed music. Um, and he would spend, when I was young, young as in before high school, A lot of his weekends he spent painting and um, writing. The paintings were generally he was copying things from magazines and different pictures that he liked, horses and half-naked ladies and that kind of thing. Mm. But I um, (laughs) – Classic. (laughs) Classic. Um, And I would sit there and watch him for quite a long time. I have memories of sitting there at the kitchen table and he would just be painting and I'd be watching. Um, I really enjoyed seeing the material and how he could manipulate it mm. to look like things. Um, was he painting in like acrylics or um, oils or drawing? It was, it was oils. Mm. So he enjoyed art and he enjoyed painting and my understanding of art was very much what his understanding of art was. Mm. So we didn't often, we'd never went to the art, like the National Gallery or anything like that. Um, but he would like to talk about um, painters like Renoir and Rembrandt and, you know, he, he, he was interested in that really kind of classical sense of art. Um, my mum, she... Um, 
is a very practical woman mm-hmm. and she would sew and knit and so I sometimes she would sew things for money for people like she'd I remember her making these massive set of velvet curtains for someone once and different clothes and mm. she'd make things for the family as well um and I would often help um so I think in their own way you know they kind of influenced me in mm. um how I I guess a kind of uh, way to work with materials or, you know, just this kind of interest in creating things, making things out of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really thought of being an artist. It wasn't really something that I thought was a career path. I had no understanding or knowledge of art outside of, like, the 19th century, yeah. <laughs> you know, beyond beyond that. Um, I did, however, like at high school and college, I did study art a lot and I actually relied a lot on my art teachers and textile teacher um, for, I guess, emotional support in a lot of ways. Yeah. It was kind of a, it was a really safe space and I was lucky enough to have really lovely teachers. Mm who really, I guess, maybe recognised something in me that I hadn't even noticed myself or didn't even Mm. think was a thing, if that makes sense. Um, And so, yeah, there was lots of time spent in art rooms and um, in college in the, the, because in Canberra college is a separate, year 11 and 12 is a separate school. um, Mm, Right. And um, and so my textiles teacher there was I was a real support. College was really tough. I had a really awful time as a teenager, mm-hmm. and low, you know, low self esteem. And someone I think I I internalize a lot of things. And my parents weren't very emotionally articulate and weren't really able to offer me I don't think the kind of emotional support that maybe would have been beneficial Mm. as a struggling teenager but they did the best that they could Um, and I was lucky to I guess find that support with teachers Mm. um, and my sister my older sisters and um, even their friends yeah um, and it wasn't, I had a bit of a low point. I know this sounds like a roundabout story, but it actually was really important uh, when I was thinking about this was, um, I had this terrible group of friends that I kind of traveled through high school with and then fell, you know, stayed with in college. And they were really awful. Like they made me feel really awful about myself. And to the point where I just didn't want to go to college anymore. Mm-hmm. And one of my sister's friends was over one morning and I'd kind of just had taken the day off um, from school. I was in year 11 and she could see that I was upset. And so she offered to take me out for a drive. She wanted to go buy some cigarettes. And so I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll go. 
and so she really recognised that something was wrong and she sat and took the time to talk to me. You know, we spent quite a time just at Kipax Fair, sitting at the skate park there, and um, she asked what was wrong and I said, you know, these people are awful to me and um, it makes me want to not go to school and... um, and she said, you know, some really wise things, which was just, you know, you're, you're in your, you know, you're kind of like a young adult. You can take control of your life and you can make decisions that help you. Mm. And you can make the decision to, to not be friends with them anymore. And then I was like, well, you know, what am I going to do? Who am I going to hang out with at lunchtime? Or, you know, that kind of... Being part of a social mm-hmm. group is, you know, it's like a safety net in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. even though it can be destructive. Yeah. Um, and so she said, well, what is it that you like? What classes do you like? And I said, I really like ceramics and I really like art and I really like textiles. And so she said, well, just do that. Hang out in the textiles room or, you know, just spend your time, you know, use your energy in a really positive Mm. way um, to try and make the most of the time that you have there. And she's like, if, you know, it's lunchtime and you have no one to sit with, then just go for a walk or just, you know, just kind of get out of that space. And it was, and I really listened to what she said um, and it's great and, advice mm. and so nice of her to take that time to speak with you. Yeah. Um, and I did make changes. I just I stopped talking to those people and I did hang out in the textiles room and I did go for lots of walks, which probably was really beneficial for my <laughs> mental health as mm. well. Um, and... And in doing that, I really allowed space to make new friendships, mm-hmm. um, really, really great friendships, which, you know, I've retained some of them even now. And, you know, became, these people had a level of emotional maturity and compassion and really kind of respected me, which... Mm-hmm. was nice mm. it was unusual but it was nice yeah um and and it was actually one of the friends that I made um at college in the textiles room who um encouraged me to go to art school years later mm-hmm. um so when I finished college I um I I I wanted to pursue fashion design and so I studied for a year at um, CIT doing fashion design which I I really enjoyed um, and I made some great friendships and um, but I was also quite young and totally flaked out on on that um but I also felt like it wasn't really the right path yeah Um, I remember reading an article one lunchtime when I was you know 
was at work and I was just on my lunch break down in the Woolworths tea room and I remembered reading this article about all these different fashion houses and how they're all owned by really the same two companies Mm. and I was just um that felt really (laughs) (laughs) yeah that insight felt really um it just felt pointless it's like well what is this it's not really creative it's it's these people just kind of managing all these other people and yeah it just didn't seem very Mm. sincere and so then I wasn't really sure what to do and I stopped studying for about a year and yeah my friend Lara who I went to college with she had started um, art school straight out of college and she really um, encouraged me to go and I didn't even know that, like, I didn't even really know what art school was. Mm. I didn't I didn't know that, you know, I didn't even really know that it existed. I didn't know that you could be an artist. I didn't know that people were artists. Like, it just, yeah. it sounds really silly, but. Um, no, it's like pre-internet. That's <laughs> yeah. what I think all of us went to uni at that time, just being like, Art school, sure. Yeah, I knew that I yeah. lacked art, but I didn't know what was going to happen there. No. Yeah. It's um, like some weird fame-esque kind of hallucination, you know, <laughs> <laughs> with less dancing and more cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, just, I had never even really considered university as an option either. Like no yeah. one in my – no more, like my parents didn't finish high school mm-hmm. – all of my older brothers, I don't, I think maybe one of them went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and my old, oldest sister had started a uni degree, um, but not finished. And it just, like, my parents never discouraged university, but they never encouraged it. They mm-hmm. never, it was never presented as an option. Yeah. Um, which I actually, I remember talking to someone recently about that and they were saying how, questioning how these kind of, um, you know, there's this, I don't know, how people kind of get in this cycle of um, unemployment and, mm-hmm. you know, these whole families of people who who, who don't do further study and have, have very limited career outlooks and... Mm. I I just felt that their comments were coming from a really privileged place mm-hmm. where yeah. they come from this family where they've had parents who have gone to university or, you know, like it's just if you don't have people modelling it around you, then you don't see it as being a viable option. Yeah, a lot yeah. of things are not accessible to mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. even though, like, you know, people think that they are. Yeah. Um, yes. And even like, you know... Um, when it's not presented as really a thing but also like you're pursuing a degree that maybe a lot of people in your family or your kind of circle would think that is not a legitimate thing to pursue as as Mm. a kind of tertiary education Um, you know certainly in my family it was like are you going to go to all the effort to go to university and then what are you going to, you got to get a fine arts degree. Like what's that for? (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do with that? Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. That's totally true. Mm. So yeah, that's kind of how it started. And I did the, 
the application, the interview, and I was really nervous. Um, I thought that I hadn't got in and I kept calling the no. painting department until, like, I think eventually I got through to Ruth Waller and she was like, of course you're in. Like, of course. <laughs> stop calling. Oh, really? Yeah, basically, basically, stop, stop leaving messages. Um, oh. <clears throat> but, um, and I, I really loved it instantly. Like, yeah. it really, um, it felt so good. I've never felt like I... I had never really identified with a large group of people before yeah. and and it really it felt really wonderful being around people who felt similarly to me, yeah. thought similarly or like you could even just talk about thoughts. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, you found your people. We found my people. Oh, what a beautiful and... story of redemption. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and I've made, you know, everyone, at, uh, you know, you, you make these, university is a really great time, I think, <laughs> and yeah. because you are able to surround yourself with people who are like you mm. and make these really great friendships that mm. really last a, a really long time. Mm. Um, but it wasn't until much later that I actually could, call myself an artist um mm, interesting what was the what was the sort of uh tip over point for you was there like a I, a, a struggle um, to identify yourself as an artist or yeah there really was yeah. um and I remember feeling really jealous because um a friend who was in the same year at art school as, as me he um he came to art school after selling a few paintings. He'd been in some shows and had some recognition, like, interstate. And I remember talking with him and he just would refer to himself as an artist. Mm. He's like, yeah, I'm an artist. He'd introduce himself as an artist, even though he was at art school. And I was like, whoa, that's really cool that, like, he can, he can just do that. Yeah. And I think I struggled with it because... I just didn't feel, hmm. I don't know whether it was like I didn't feel like I was yet or it felt like like putting, I don't know, it felt like if I called myself an artist then I had to prove that in some, yeah, in some yeah. way. And yeah. I, um, but I, I think I didn't really call, start calling myself an artist till after art school and and even then it was hard because I was still working a lot. Like I, yeah. I always worked a lot, uh-huh. a lot of hours, and and so it felt like oh, you know, I'm an artist, but I also do this. Yeah, and yeah. I'm an artist, but I also do that. Yeah. And I forgot if I've already mentioned this on an episode before, but the first time that I put on like a airplane when you're going overseas and you're filling out your um not customs your immigration form and you have to put down your occupation, I had always put down like waitress. Yeah. Um, and then the first time that I put down artist, I was like, there, it felt like something shifted and it was this massive moment for me, you like filling it. out my form. And, you know, yeah. there's just hundreds of people going past, like doing whatever. But for me, like writing that down was like, I think the first time that I guess I had called myself an artist, but it was the first time that it was like for me, like actually acknowledging that that's yeah. what 
I am, and that's what you I do. You declared it to the world. <laughs> yeah. and it was this huge moment. I think I was like, even had a little bit of a tear about it, like standing there, and you know, no one, the yeah, the guy that wrote it probably like you know took one look at me and was like, yeah, of course <laughs> <you are." laughs> um, So that's really beautiful. Man. That's a beautiful story. Was it? Um, do you think it was the this sort of um, the point where it tipped over to being more of your full time? occupation or like you know was it was occupying a majority of your time um, it's it's never it's never occupied the majority of my okay time, yep um which sounds like a really unartist thing to say no, but um, it's good it's a co- confidence I think yeah mm. and um maybe getting some peer recognition mm-hmm. yeah um so being in exhibitions and getting some yeah feedback and maybe getting a couple of grants or um, I mm. guess that kind of gave me the confidence to start using that. Yeah. yeah. As a, um, and also, yeah, so changing a mindset to I am a waitress or, you know, bar manager or, you know, do these other things, but I'm an artist. Yeah. But yeah. primarily. So, yeah. Mm. Um, and I do write it on the kids' school enrolment forms that I'm an artist. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's great. Right. Which, which is empowering. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So when you were at uni, did you major in a particular area? Yes. I majored in painting. Mm-hmm. Um... Yes, I went to art school wanting to go through painting primarily because I suppose that's what I saw my dad doing. Mm. And I, the interesting thing is, well, I find it interesting, is that I, I started art school, my portfolio of images were all like life drawings and these paintings of the figure and mm. really representational things and I... I thought when I started art school that I was just going to become this really amazing figurative painter because that's what art was. Mm, same. I had, same. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I'm totally not that. Um, so I, I, I'm still there actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I remember, I think it was in first or second year, painting just you know all the lectures and talk, like the wonderful lectures that I had Vivian Beans and Ruth Waller and Peter Maloney and the way that they would talk about paint and painting and um it really I started to feel really excited about its potential as a material so mm. my um my journey as a painter um, really became primarily about the materiality of the of you know paint and what it could do and how I could use it to create shapes and um, in a way kind of merge it with textiles mm. um, and how shapes and forms are created with fabric you know fabric's kind of like a 2d 
material. It's what you paint on often. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also can create these really voluminous, um, uh, yeah, just crazy shapes from this flat material. And I kind of, I started thinking, well, why can't paint do the same thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of extended and morphed morphed a little bit, but that was where it really started, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and so since graduating, I've been really lucky. I, you know, in Canberra at the art school there, they have this award program at the end of your degree um, where different – the university – um, has patrons and they offer prizes, different prizes at the at the end of to the grad, end of the year to the graduating students. And I was really lucky to get um, one of the most coveted awards mm. at the time, which was um, the Canberra Contemporary Art Space Residency and Exhibition, um, which was really important because having a space to make work when you finish university is. Mm-hmm really yeah it's a real help and it it really helps you set up habits good habits for Mm -hmm, maintaining a practice and Canberra Contemporary Art Space was such you know a really pivotal kind of place for a lot of artists in Canberra and they offer a lot of support and opportunity to ensure that Canberra artists keep making work and kind of stay in Canberra for a while as well. One mm. of the biggest, you know, problems, uh, issues mm-hmm. for the arts in Canberra is, especially when I graduated in the years before me, is that so yeah. many people would move to Melbourne and Sydney and yeah. there there weren't a lot of artists kind of in that um, emerging and mid-career kind mm. of area who was sticking around it's changed quite a bit now which is really wonderful to see Mm -hmm. that's great so I got that and then through the support of CCAS I was nominated for an amazing award that Qantas was running and I received some flights and money to travel to Berlin where I met some wonderful people (laughs) 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 and um, and then to New York as well and LA it was really great and I had never been overseas before I had hardly traveled outside of Canberra before so it was it was such a great opportunity to go and live somewhere somewhere else for three months and you know Berlin Berlin's a really wonderful creative city and seeing lots of art but yeah it was really amazing mm-hmm. then continuing just making work mm-hmm. and trying to get into shows applying for things like the admin time of being an artist is actually quite extraordinary mm, yes we will get into that <laughs> later <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have been really lucky and, and had some great opportunities. I've had people believe in my practice, even when I haven't myself. And that's been really important. Mm. Um, and I started, 
uh, teaching a little bit, like tutoring, not teaching high school kids or primary school kids, but just um, teaching art workshops, which I really mm. enjoyed and was a really wonderful way to um, think about art and share share my knowledge and hear what other people had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, as a way of making money as an artist, I, I really um, it, it's a really working in public programs and mm-hmm. you know facilitating art workshops is is really a great way to spend your time and make some money. Yeah. Um, and I really believe in art education as well. Yeah. I'm realising now with two little kids and and looking at their primary school and how art is taught in primary school and just seeing how tokenistic it is and mm. how closed off it is mm. <laughs> and um, and I guess the benefits of it aren't necessarily understood or, yeah. or used to their potential, you I know, the opportunity also... for pro- problem solving and, you know, teaching resilience. And, oh, totally. You know, yeah. like it's, yeah. I guess it also goes back to what you were saying earlier about even like when you were a child creating accessibility to the mm. arts for people that isn't yeah. through formal structures of education um, mm, such as true. a school mm. or a university is allowing children or adults to be able to engage in the arts through um, whatever programs that could be become available either through like council or um, mm. local art spaces that are, uh, yeah, they're really important spaces, learning spaces. Community yeah. spaces. Community spaces. Yeah, mm. yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. So you've touched on a fair bit actually already um, in for this next question, but um, what have been some of the biggest challenges or things you've needed to overcome to keep practising throughout your career? Um, my initial kind of thought for this question was, um, was saying things like time and space, but yep. I actually thought that that wasn't really true because... Yep. Um, the, I think the real challenge and the real hurdle um, has been like the negativity in my own head. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that little voice that tells me that I'm not good enough mm. or tells me that there's no point or tells me that, uh, yeah, just that negative little voice um, because if I, if I listen to that or pay that too much attention mm-hmm. then I don't find the time or I don't find the space yeah um, and I don't value my I don't value that part of mm-hmm. myself yep. which um, that I think that's the biggest challenge is just fighting that <laughs> that yeah constant and I, I don't know if everyone has it um, probably a lot of people do but I just know that yeah, I I constantly kind of battle with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I even almost quit art school at the end of my third year or halfway through third year. Oh, no. I almost quit like <laughs> because it was like yeah, easier to not Yeah. I was worried true. about I was worried about failing yeah. and so I just 
was going to stop because it was easier to, mm-hmm. I guess, have control of that. Yeah. Um, but then my sister said, you're crazy and <laughs> just do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really hard though. It's a real challenge and I think, you know, everyone has different experiences but if you're at a point where you might not be getting ex- like support from um, external support, battling that voice um, internally can be really hard and like with your sister saying, keep going. Um, mm. I, I was having a conversation at the start of this year with a mutual friend of all of ours um, who <laughs> started working in the arts and um, has since not really been practising her painting practice because mm. um, just feeling like that there isn't an audience for their work mm. uh, where they're living and we kind of had this conversation about like what would it mean to just start making work again just for yourself? And Mm. is that Mm. enough? Maybe that actually is enough and maybe through that something else will happen. But Mm. reigniting a relationship with your practice after you've had self-doubt or, um, you know, feeling like you can't access your practice because of external Mm. factors Mm -hmm. is... It's a really big process to go through. Yeah. Mm. I think those those things that you initially um, pointed out, like time and space and all of that, it's like it's really – I mean, that stuff is – it is the thing, but it's like it's really mm. hard to fight for that stuff and make room for that stuff um, when, yeah, when you, when you haven't got that kind of ongoing just like – yeah, killing it every day. Yeah, yeah it's all about yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. got the um, grants, yeah. got the studio. Yeah, like got when, you, when you have self doubt, it is hard to just be like, oh, you know, I'm going to, you know, it's hard to write an application when you're filled. Well, yeah, or like you know, because you have to, you have to forego <laughs> other things to make room yes. for that. So you're like, yeah. okay, I'm not going to clean my house today. I'm actually going to go to the studio, and it's really hard to like make yourself do that. When it's mm. like, oh, no, it's not, you know, it's nothing really coming up at the moment, mm. and yeah, you know, yeah. uh, it's it's really hard to kind of mm. fight for those things when you don't, you know, you're not sort of mm. like in the middle of yeah peaks. I think that's yeah. um, it's really important to like have some champions around you, like mm. support, like surround yourself with some people that um, even if you're not making, are still gonna think that you're awesome or what you make is awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> just <laughs> like just so that when you do they're there to like say yes I'll, or that's great even yeah. if you know I'll that I'll just make a note to text you <laughs> yeah yourself. I'll change every couple of months yeah just saying, <laughs> totally you're awesome. well, Keep it's, going. <laughs> it's so you know and we you know whenever you're disconnected from your community which is so easy you know because of life and life gets in the way and when you've got other stuff going on it's it's so easy to get disconnected from the people who really care about you making art but like it's so important to stay connected to those to those people in your community that like, you know, just reinforce, yes, you're doing this. It's really good. What you're doing, it gives me a lot of life and like, you know, vice versa mm. and that we mm. all kind of support each other, but it's, it's so easy to kind of, yeah, break off from that. Oh, for so many reasons. For so many reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. I think when we um, moved out of the city, that was a big thing for us to have to oh, overcome. It's like we died. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like banished yeah no one wants to talk to you when you don't live within the northern suburbs of Melbourne yeah absolutely well, yeah, and if you're not going to like all the openings and you're not mm-hmm. kind of there yeah and that's a big part of 
you know, being in the art scene, you really have to kind of reevaluate what what being an artist <laughs> is. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, because those social networks are important, and if that uh, some of that's removed, then yeah, yeah, how yeah. do you get what you need? in the shortest amount of time mm-hmm. but um but also what you need um yeah to kind of keep your practice going yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting um, to rethink some of those structures because it is um uh it is a an incredible privilege to be able to just um you know hang out in the inner city of any big city um, mm. in the evening um, when so many other people have to like work or take care of family or you know whatever it is um mm it's such a privilege to be able to kind of participate in that sort of time in that place that mm. it, it's like, well, what can we do as an arts community to support or to, to create community outside of that very narrow window of like, you know, 6 to 8 p.m. on a Thursday night? Mm. You know, there's, there's, there's not actually that not, – not, well, not everybody can participate. On that note, what does a successful practice look like to you? A successful practice is perseverance, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when you're not getting into shows and you're not, you know, winning prizes, it's acknowledging uh, that that the reality, you know, acknowledging the realities of the system that we're all kind of working in. Yeah is um is a little bit flawed um but persevering keeping on making some things um I mean at the moment as you know I've just kind of started a new job and I haven't really been making anything of my own but I have had this opportunity to have creative outlets and other ways at work so putting shows mm-hmm. together and um you know, curating shows and working on projects and um, and that's creative. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. a successful practice is seeing how you're being creative in all aspects of your life. It might not always be making work for an exhibition, but it yeah. could be other things. I made an amazing children's birthday cake the other day. <laughs> Yes. Oh my god, Karina's actually um, known for her cake <laughs> designs, and uh, yeah, they're incredible. Yes, I feel like this one, very much this known one, for your cake cake savvy household. This one was it wasn't a cake in the regular sense. It was oh. essentially it's called a smash cake. Phoenix asked for it, and essentially it's a chocolate pinata. So um, what? Yeah, yeah. So I had to like. Um, yeah, temper this chocolate and create this chocolate piñata. Oh my gosh. Um, for his birthday, which was a real challenge. Um that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> um and he loved it and that was great. It looked amazing. And wow. um Yeah, so I hope you got some it, good documentation yeah, of like, that. The women's <laughs> weekly cakes used to blow my mind. Like <laughs> um but the idea of success as an artist is is really an interesting topic and something that I had been thinking about over the last year or so because having kids, obviously I'm not, I don't have as much time 
dedicated to my practice as I would like. Um, and then, so I guess just thinking how I can still identify as an artist, which is really important to me, mm. but, um, and maintain my practice, which is also really important to me. Um, but also I think success is, yeah, is different for different people. So my practice isn't, has never been very commercially successful. It's not really something that I'm interested in, but then that is some people's measure of success and that's totally fine. My measure of success is people liking, well, wanting to talk about what I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and finding having at least one person at you know at each exhibition talk to me who gets it who gets what my work is about Mm -hmm, like that's kind of enough for me which doesn't sound like much (laughs) but you know I'm making work and it's my way of communicating what I want so what I can't communicate Mm -hmm. with words and when someone gets that it's really empowering and it feels really amazing and that's kind of what keeps keeps things chugging along Mm. so uh what does it what does your practice actually look like um can you give us a rundown of what like a week say looks like in the life of Corina Keys. A week in the life of Corina. or you can do a day Um, but I think a week usually gives a pretty a pretty good overview um well, with okay, so my partner and I both enjoy staying fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we alternate gym days. We uh, own, morning is the only time that we can really fit that in. So mm-hmm. on my gym days, I uh, leave the house at like five thirty a.m. and go to the gym, and then come home and. Um, start getting the kids ready for school or daycare or whatever it is that they're doing that day and um, try and have the best. I've actually taken to eating like two eggs a day, Mm -hmm. which I'm, you know, I'm vegetarian, so um, I do eat eggs though. Mm -hmm. And I've really, um, I don't know, I just have this craving for eggs. So I've started having two eggs a day, which Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. (laughs) It feels really good and yep. healthy. Right. My nails are really strong. Wow, <laughs> so that's, that's good. So that's like good. Shi- you got um, some shiny hair. I've got shiny hair, yep, <laughs> like from a Pantene ad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have breakfast um, before the gym or after? Uh, after, definitely yeah. after, mm. yeah. No one yeah. wants to eat at 5 o'clock in the morning before, like, doing, well, I used you know, to. smashing I out worked, squats. When I started work at 6, when I worked in catering, I would eat at 5 a.m. Wow. Wow. But that's a different, mm-hmm. a different life. Mm. That was a life ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, my partner and I alternate drop-offs as well, um, school drop-offs that means in parent world yep. drop off and pick up yeah um do you do, do you do uh same same day as gym or alternating day from gym <laughs> well usually if you go to the gym you kind of it takes you a little bit longer to get ready so oh, okay um, yeah the person who goes to the gym often does the drop-off and yep. then the other person is kind of ready to leave the house at seven thirty a.m mm. yeah. um mm-hmm. and then um 
we go to work, so I, I quite enjoy my job at the moment. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. People are nice. Mm-hmm. Here I am just, you know, a little workplace rap saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so my job is um, at Tuggeronong Art Centre. I look after the visual art program there, so that's um, that's you know working with um, artists, helping them put their shows together. And um, Tuggeronong Art Centre works with a lot of different community groups as well, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, the work isn't just um, in that kind of contemporary art realm. It kind of delves into some more, yeah, I guess, yeah, just a little bit more based in other people's realities, I suppose. Um, And um, if I do drop off, then I stay until 5 or Mm -hmm. 5.30 Mm -hmm. and then um, Tony will pick up the the boys and, um, yeah, on the other day I will leave a bit earlier to get the boys so Mm -hmm. it's a big it's a partnership really like things would be completely different without Tony Uh (laughs) it would life would be a a harder um and yeah we really yeah uh, help each other get through Mm. our work lives Mm -hmm. the other thing the other kind of typical thing is that nothing's really typical and you might think that <laughs> you might think that you have a plan but then like a kid gets sick and you're away from work and unable to do anything for a week um and then you get sick because you've been looking after the sick kid <laughs> oh and so gosh. then that like throws you out for another week Aww. or so um and so yeah planning for the fact that they're that the plan will go wrong is, mm. is kind of essential. Um, and then in finding time for my um, my own practice um, is, you know, minimal time really. Um, so weekends, and we've actually just been, we just bought a house um, in Canberra and we've been kind of renovating that a little bit Ooh. and so I haven't really had a studio space for about a year now so mm-hmm. that's been really hard um it's been hard to yeah just not have my stuff around mm, me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not have that space yeah um but that's yeah, that's all about to change and mm-hmm. I'm actually at the moment sitting in the room that will be my studio oh. and um, and it's kind of ready to ready to go, which oh, is exciting. exciting. Yeah. Um, I was just about to ask, like, do you have a dedicated place in the house for your mm, studio? Yeah, so yeah. I do, mm-hmm. which is lucky. Mm. Um, and, I mean, it will double as a guest bedroom as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Love those fumes. <laughs> um, we have some so, friends whose baby's nursery was like next to the um, drop saw. <laughs> wasn't plugged in. No. Wasn't plugged in. <laughs> Just in storage. And the the baby look, never slept in there. It was definitely a co-sleep situation. Yeah. But they were like, <laughs> yes. the, the thought was there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah. You've got to find space where you can. And I mm-hmm. think speaking to – 
um, when I did my masters, I think I was speaking to a lecturer, and um, I think it was before it was just before Phoenix was born, or just after, and she was like, "You've just got to, you know, your practice will change. You know, you might be making these big works now, big sculptural works, but your life situation changes, the space that you have changes, and." Mm. It's important to think about how you can still say what you're trying to say, yeah. but with different, be yeah, be flexible mm-hmm. with how you do that and different mm-hmm. materials that you can use because you might just be working from the kitchen table for a time, yeah. or you might just have your laptop, or you might just you know have a sketchbook. And I think that's just how your practice can be flexible. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really great advice mm-hmm. for anyone. I think because there's times where anyone may have a studio or not have a studio or be kind of on the road or whatever and to learn ways to yeah be articulate in your practice so that you can be creating wherever you are um, and be flexible with the the materiality of your practice um, so that you can be making work wherever you find yourself at different stages of your life because it always changes and shifts. Mm. After I had Jupiter, I didn't have like my, well, and even now, like my time's really broken up and there's not big stretches of time that I can kind of spend Mm. in the studio. So um, I started learning um, animation and 3D animation and because it was something that you could, I could easily um, Mm. pick up and you know, it, it didn't rely on things drying. It was it was just a clean way yeah. to kind of um, make something yeah. that um, was portable and you could just pick it up and drop it when you needed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you find that being like becoming a parent um, kind of affected your sort of creativity or productivity in any particular way that you can identify? Yes. It um, it really made me, or well, it patience. Uh, my patience has increased. Mm. <laughs> so that's patience in like my career goals, like as an artist. Like you know, I don't feel as rushed to get to whatever this idea of success might be at that time. Yeah. <laughs> um, because yeah, so I've gained a level of patience, but also because I do have my studio time's broken up and limited it's actually forced me to reflect on what I'm doing as I'm making more than I ever used to Mm. which is of real benefit to me I think I used to kind of go to the studio and have a real flurry of activity and maybe overwork things and not kind of consider what I was doing which is fine sometimes but not all the time you kind of need to step back and um reflect and think about what you're doing and the decisions Mm. that you're making and being forced to have time between making has really helped um Mm. helped strengthen the message I guess in my work or you know because it's not as busy yeah. Mm. Um, I'm not trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you spoke a little bit about your um, learning to 3D, do a 3D animation. 
Mm. Um, I wonder if you could um, tell us about some of the resources that might have helped you to do this That's or a good any segue. any other <laughs> <laughs> any other resources that have kind of helped you out throughout your um, your career um, yes so YouTube helped with yeah. my uh, 3d animation goals um, yeah. I was using this free 3d animation software called blender which yeah um, is great mm-hmm. um, and yeah so just online tutorials were the only way that I could really mm-hmm. um, learn how to do that and mm. I've certainly opened that program and been like ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, and it's still an ongoing thing there's mm-hmm. you know I was doing really simple things just animating still photographs and um, kind of toyed around with different trying to create my own models but um yeah it's a whole world and, it, and it's quite exciting but yeah YouTube yeah and um my partner Tony is a very valuable resource yeah. <laughs> um and being the partner of an artist is really hard <laughs> um and she is very supportive and mm-hmm. understands my needs and sometimes is the person who forces me to have studio time even when I make excuses not to yeah (laughs) um so um yeah she's incredibly important Mm -hmm. um and at times having a good psychologist has been really great yeah absolutely (laughs) um yeah just helping me a lot with all sorts of life things so yeah um well yeah good good to counter that that um yeah that challenge as we said earlier of the the little voice (laughs) (laughs) I'm just starting to sound a bit like a psychopath Oh my god! No, no, no. Uh, I, I like, I, yeah, I can't even tell you how much I'm like relating. I'm just like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. You're lucky I didn't get my very aggressive, um, uh, my very aggressive humming um, in agreeance uh, in the background of this one. But mm-hmm. Nicole has been mm-hmm. nodding mm-hmm. along furiously yes. to everything that you're saying. Yes, definitely relate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, I mean. What a good trio of resources, YouTube, an amazing partner and a good psychologist. That's all you need really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That's all you need. Oh, and Tony's parents um, are amazing. Uh, they take – they help with the kids a lot. So um, having that mm-hmm. support is incredibly important as mm-hmm. well. Um, we actually positioned ourselves – to live across the road from Tony's parents. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, which sounds really um, kind of crazy to people without kids, but um, everyone with kids goes, oh, that's great. That's so great. Karina, <laughs> if you could turn back time, <laughs> is there anything you would tell small Karina, young Karina, about um, any advice or, yeah, any insights that you'd like to share? Oh, small Karina. I would I would tell small Karina to um, just don't be afraid to fail. Mm. 
and I would tell small Karina to um, talk to her GP about a mental health plan. Oh, <laughs> oh such good advice. That's good advice. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I, I would tell small Karina to find better friends. That's what yeah. I would say. Mm, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And, and not to be scared to ask questions. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I didn't ask any questions when no, I was younger. I was, I was too busy faking it till I made it. Yes. You know? so, yes. Much, so much faking it. But I was also terrified of asking questions. Mm. I just didn't think I had a voice. And if I was mm. asking a question that that was wrong, like I was. Yeah. You it, missed something. Yeah. No, yeah. I looked back at primary school reports and it actually says Kira never asked like, wow. questions. And I. Yeah, I was terrified. I was terrified yeah. of having a voice mm, and putting myself too. out there. Mm-hmm. And it's don't want to draw any attention to yourself. No, God. it's pretty heartbreaking. No. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I really guess... just flew under the radar, just yeah. not not wanting to mm. create any kind of waves or mm. just being, you know, achieving enough to not have people ask questions, but not kind of achieving too much to make people look. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder um, the interesting part of or the flip side of this question is like, you know, if you could reach back through time, it's like, you know, what do you think you would want to hear from your future self now? Mm. Well, mm. you kind of actually said things that your sister's friend actually said to you. Yeah. Mm. Like, oh, my God, maybe she, she was you. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe <she> was. <laughs> is your sister maybe still friends with her? Um, I think they're Facebook friends. Oh. And actually, I actually ran into her. Um, so just after I graduated from um, art school, oh. um, the painting department organised this um, painting exhibition down at BCA. Mm. And um, so I had some work there and we were there at the opening and just as I was leaving, I heard this person call out, Karina, Karina. And I turned around and it was her. It was Jo. Oh, and, um, oh my gosh. And it was actually really lovely because, you know, without her, none of, like, I would not have been there, like, yeah. really wow. thinking about it. Oh, that's like, so lovely. Um, so oh, she. pulling at my heartstrings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I haven't spoken to her or seen her since then. So um, mm. Wow. That's so lovely. Like, did she come along? Like, did she kind of seek, seek you out? Um, no, she was, just... was studying acting or something. She's oh. an actress, yeah, act- right. actor. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Wow. Yeah. So, so she just happened to be there. Which wow. Is nice. oh, the universe. I guess it comes full circle. Mm. Mm. That's a lovely place to leave it. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for joining us um, via phone today in the studio, um, Karina. Thanks for everything. Thank you. Yeah. I hope it hasn't um, – I feel like I've kind of taken this opportunity to have like a free therapy session. Oh, oh no, so, no, no. <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much for sharing. That's, um, it's really valuable and um, we feel very privileged. This episode is recorded on the sovereign land of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people, and pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for listening to ProPrac. You can listen to other episodes and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can stay up to date with what we're up to on Instagram at ProPrac Podcast or send us an email at propracpod at gmail.com.